The following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production. You can find this and many other great R.E.D. Podcast Network shows at redpodcastnetwork.com, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your ears. Welcome to the 11pm Somewhere Podcast, my name is Zine, and welcome back to episode 4 of the show. So, what I wanted to touch on this week was, um, I was actually going to plan on bringing my good buddy Frank on the show to talk about his experience getting started in homebrewing, uh, but something that i seen pop up during the week actually just really got on my fucking nerves, and I was like, you know what, this is something I really want to talk about in the show, and it's because it alluded to something I talked about in the opening episode, the changing of perceptions towards beers in the world, and it's starting in our own backyards. So, you may be asking yourself, hey Ian, what exactly pissed you off during the week that you decided to make a podcast about it, and what in fuck's name could it have to do with beer? Well, let me tell you what it is. There's a little sort of a craze which has popped up on YouTube, and you know, it's the crazes that pop up on YouTube that have me worried quite an awful lot. And they worry me in a number of ways, but this one in particular sort of really grated on me. There's something called Neck Nomination. Uh, Let me just spell it, N-E-K, and then it's Nomination. Uh, and basically what it is, is people, and usually young people on YouTube, taking videos of themselves sculling uh, cheap piss beer, uh, to the point where they're almost gagging the beer back up. Um, and you know, this is something that really fucking bugs me and gets on my nerves. And, and it gets on my nerves for a number of reasons. Number one, it shows just how far gone... Uh, the disrespect towards beer has has gone, and that number two, this lies squarely with the big fucking breweries that are out there, in terms of the way that they promote beer, and the fact that when they stick up signs like uh, drink responsibly, drink responsibly it is uh, it's another one of those things that gets on my nerves, because I think it's so fucking disingenuous, and the only reason that they do it is because they have to do it, and not because they actually want to teach appreciation for their products, or encourage real responsibility with their products. The only reason they pay any fucking heed to it is because they're actually driven to it. So what I want to do is, uh, just for people on the podcast, I just want to give a flavor of what an nomination video actually sounds like. And, uh, you know, it actually sounds as bad as you think it's going to be. So just bear with me here. Hey man, we got next nominate. It's happening right, right on here. We're having it all, all these fucking skulled, Absolutely, by the end of this video clip, all this beer will be gone. We're gonna have, we're gonna have one here, and then we'll another one over there. Gonna crash them down, and then once we crash them down, we're gonna straight to the fuck. Fuck. It's all right, guys. Pour myself another beer. These are still gonna be absolutely annihilated right in front of your eyes. All right, count me in, and next nominate. And you know, it really does sound as bad as it is. The guy is struggling at this point. <coughs> Get it up, son. Get it up. Uh, fuck. Fuck. Almost sounds like he's crying, huh? Oh, second.
Thank God it's only like uh, piss water he's actually fucking wasting and not real beer. <coughs> That's how you... <coughs> That's how you make nominate. And Nick Scott, Newton. Yeah, yeah, enough of that, enough of that anyway. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to put the video for that up on the Tumblr site for that so people can actually just see what a real fucking moron with beer actually looks like. Um, and that's no disrespect to the gentleman involved, but, you know, this, it really does show the sort of level of morality uh, that takes place around beer. And again, this guy might be Australian. This isn't an indictment on Australians. But, I mean, we all know Irish kids out there who uh, engage in bullshit like this. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's kind of sad because you've got these things where they like to come out and they like to say, oh, you know, beer drinking is irresponsible and people who promote high alcohol beers, they're fucking irresponsible and they are the dregs of society and they're the ones who are actually causing society to crumble. And I mean, a great example of this was, I mean, I'm going to use BrewDog as an example because they have actually been one of the more targeted uh, real beer companies slash craft beer companies out there in terms of uh, how much pressure they came under in 2008, 2009 for their Tokyo beer, for example, uh, where they were branded completely irresponsible. And an industry group over in the UK even came around with a baseball bat to them. Uh, and I mean that metaphorically, of course. Uh, not that James and Martin uh, couldn't take a good beating, but again, they, they, they couldn't even get support from their own industry. I mean, that's how fucking weak-minded uh, the industry actually is around beer and alcohol. Uh, and why I'm thankful in Ireland we actually have got societies or uh, sort of lobby groups slash industry groups slash uh, real people who actually understand beer, like Bjor. Uh, who are there to support people who engage in real beer brewing, craft beer brewing, uh, and actually have a real understanding of the product and a real understanding of what craft beer is actually aimed at, uh, and doesn't fall in line uh, with the piss water manufacturers that are out there. I mean, what I'm going to do is I just want to take you back to 2008 uh, with an interview that uh, James Watt, who's the managing director of BrewDog, that he had with Channel 4 News, and I've taken an excerpt out of the interview, which is actually towards the end of it, where it, James is actually pointing out exactly what he wants to achieve with craft beer and what, what the BrewDog product set as a whole is actually trying to achieve. But a few stats for you. Alcohol-related death in Scotland doubled in the last 15 years. Alcohol-related attendance in hospital up 15% in the last 10. Again, you are promoting a high-strength beer. That can't be a good thing at the moment. I mean, what we're promoting as a company, we want to change people's perceptions about beer. We want to make them drink a lot less. I mean, our beer comes in small bottles. It all has a lot of taste and flavour. So we want to change people's perceptions about beer, make them enjoy beer with food and drink less beer, but drink better quality beer, beer that tastes of something. Now think about what James has just said there. He, want, he is a craft beer brewer. He obviously is a commercial interest as well in being the owner of a brewery which is privately funded, privately owned. And he says he wants to encourage people to drink less beer, but to drink better beer. Now, how many times do you think in your lifetime you would possibly hear that from some suited up asshole from either InBev, Diageo, Molson Coors, or one of these other fucking drug dealers? You will never ever hear that from any of them, because as far as they're concerned, they want people drinking as much of their product as possible, drinking it for as long as possible... I mean, they even use ploys such as, uh, you know, it's a light beer, so you can drink more of it. And, you know, I think that's almost fucking shameful uh, in one respect, because on one hand, 
uh, these guys are are living so close to the line that they don't care, but they've enough money to get involved in government lobbying in every single country in the world to um, to try and make sure that things like minimum price units on alcohol never happen, so their products are never affected. So as much of their product can be shifted as possible and drunk by people out there and to be encouraged to be drunk by people out there. And, you know, it... it this isn't something which is even new. I mean, let me take you back. There's um, a guy called uh, Mike Schneider, who's part of a thing called Nightcraft uh, in the US and in Boston. It was a talk that he gave, I think it was maybe about two years ago, about how to drink a beer and the importance of actually enjoying beer properly. And, and, and you understand the difference between being a beer chugger and someone who actually appreciates beer for what it is and sort of exposing some of the things in relation to the 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 mass beer industry in the US. And I mean, while this is, and I'm talking about all this, I'm sitting here with a, a really nice Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Um, and I'm, I've got it open. It's been sitting open for like about 10, 15 minutes and I'm enjoying it. I'm, it's only, as you know, they come in small bottles. I'm not even through half of what it was. Because uh, I'm enjoying my beer, and we don't do this. I want Mike you to listen to Mike and just his talk. This talk is about five minutes long, but it is kind of entertaining and it is kind of interesting. And he touches on things which I think are important for those of us who are involved in trying to promote craft beer, especially in Ireland, where uh, every time beer is brought up, it's it, it almost goes hands in hand with irresponsible drinking, and we're being drowned out by people uh, either from lobbyists who like to say, hey, we'll do, we'll do more alcohol education programs about responsible drinking. And then they do really fucking slick advertising around it. And again, it just does enough to get, al- to get uh, politicians and, and zealots off their ass. And then B, you've got these same guys who engage in going around to supermarkets and going, you know what, it's okay to let your alcohol, to let our products go as a loss leader because we can get pick it up on the volume, or we can go on low margin and do high volumes, and it's and that's perfectly okay. Uh, so take a listen to what Mike's talking about. This is actually a really enjoyable talk, and it's something that again I'll put the full video for it up onto the Tumblr site as well once the podcast goes up. Hi everybody, I'm Schneider Mike and I'm here to talk to you about how to drink a beer because um, I care about beer. Oh, this is this is my first slide. Hang on. Can I? No? I oh, by the way, okay. that's, uh, that um, sound lost at the beginning couldn't be helped. Uh, so, all right, let's forget about that. I, with all these great examples from Germany, we're not sure how this happened. Basically, American beer, the example for American beer is, is basically uh, evaluates to having your tongue hooked up to a car battery. Um, and so this is what we call swill. But swill and macro brews, they do serve a pr- uh, the mainstream serves a purpose. So how would you know like bands like Neon Indian and Arcade Fire and Nine Inch Nails are so great if it wasn't for the Backstreet Boys and Cascada and Tom Brady? <laughs> I mean Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm really also worried about the American beer drinker. Um, he's categorized as this um, football-loving boob who has uh, uh, basically is is doing anything he, he uh, can to get his, to his next beer, and uh, will do anything to get it. Um, uh, and, and so sessioning has come about. Basically, uh, you know, less filling tastes great. Less filling has wiped up the floor with taste great. We've made our beer so watery and made it so that you can just pound beer after beer after beer after beer. And I got to tell you guys, 
That's not fear, okay? That is not, it, it's led to this. This is what we've, this is, this is American Slice. Speaking of wiping up the floor, got beer slides and all this crap going on. That's not beer, okay? That's not why I'm here. I'm here to talk to you about how to drink craft beer, enjoy craft beer. I mean, we've got so much variety. There's a beer for every occasion. There's even beer for breakfast, okay? We've got stouts that are chocolatey. They're, they're, they taste like coffee. They're smoky. We've got ambers that are, um, that have beautiful graham cracker-like malt backbones and and with bitter finishes and have, you know, it tastes like iced tea. We've got saisons that taste like ho- or smell like horse blanket, but they finish like a dream come true. I mean, they're just amazing. And you would like them if you actually tried them. Um, there's so many different styles of beer out there right now. And craft, uh, craft breweries are popping up left and right. But here's the thing. Samuel Adams has only 6% of the capacity of Budweiser right now. And, and other breweries like Dogfish Head that are quite popular, 0.09%. The point here is that not every beer is available wherever you go. So find the superstars in your area and drink them. Um, this, is also, this scarcity uh, and awesome has led to legendary beers like Pliny the Elder and Kate the Great that people actually travel to to find. Okay, so let's talk about actually... Let's, let's talk about actually how to enjoy a beer. First, first myth, drink your beer cold. Don't do that. Good beer uh, um, should, be, should be drank at room temperature. You should drink. You start off cold and let it warm up. Cold disguises flavor, and this beer tastes like ass, so um, <laughs> they want you to drink it cold. Also, drink it in a glass, you guys. Um, pouring it in a glass, you know, you get that you get uh, exposes it to the elements. Uh, it opens up the aroma. Um, and you can't really smell it through the top of a bottle. I mean, it's just not the way to do it. So when you pour a beer, pour it into a glass, start off uh, pouring it um, very slowly, and then get aggressive at the end so you get a one- to two-finger head that you're measuring it with, and then you get some bubbles popping, you can, you can, um, and it starts to open that beer up. Uh, consider the color. There's so many beautiful colors. You guys are all, you guys are all craft people, so you can, you can, you can uh, sympathize with this, you know. Um, there's a lot of detail that went into the formation of this beer. Like people fret about the color of beer, the goldenness, the redness, the the dark beers even have like reddish hues to them. Um, get your nose into that beer. Get your nose in as deep as you can. Beat it up a little bit and then smell it again. And note some of the smells that you're getting there. Um, and if you you know if you don't like a certain kind of beer, like let's say you you drink one IPA, you don't like um, you don't like Barry Public's Racer Five, which would be a sin. Try a different kind of IPA. Um, and then when you're tasting it, there's three different regions that you taste it through. You taste it through uh, the front of your mouth, the middle, and then the back. And, and consider it as it's going through. You swish it around and then wait. Be patient with your beer. Drink it nice and slow. Um, this is one beer, believe it or not. Okay, All the flavor profiles of this is a beer called Pliny the Elder, which is known to be one of the best beers out there. Um, you get grapefruit. You get citrus. You get caramel. You get pineapple. And the more you drink it, the more you notice. Uh, it, it, it's a really beautiful beer. If you want to discover new beers, there's a, there's a bunch of great mobile apps out there. Red Pine is one. You can follow me on that one. And you can know pretty much whatever beer I'm drinking whenever I'm drinking it. I'm this LBS guy kind of, and I, I check into my beers. It's kind of nerdy. Um, so um, I'm Schneider Mike. You can find me at belchingmonkey.com, which is my beer vlog. And we can talk uh, about beer all day if you want to. So thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I actually really enjoy uh, seeing videos like that and I love hearing people talk about beers like that and on one hand when I went looking for clips like this I found it very difficult to find uh, Irish content that was like this that went about talking about beers and talking about 
the issues that we're facing as beers. I mean, for uh, Mike, when he's actually talking about that, the the beer that he shows on screen where he's talking about we drink our beers cold and we're being and cold disguises flavor. It actually flashes up like a Coors up on screen, like a, a crate or a slab of Coors up on screen uh, during his presentation. I look at the video on the Tumblr site that as it is, uh, it's and and have a little think about sort of the way that beer is presented to us and sold to us here in this country. And you know, if you are part of a brewery who's in this country, uh, who's going out and is giving guest talks and anything else. I'll make one suggestion to you. Number one, when you're giving guest talks about your beer, make sure you capture it on video. Try to get the sound quality good. Put it up on YouTube. Start putting content up out there that counters uh, the the marketed bullshit that comes out from people like InBev, Diageo, Molson, Coors, Heineken, and all the rest of these assholes. Put it up out there. Start getting video content out there about you talking about what your beers do. Why you want to encourage people to drink craft beers. And and to try and help demystify um, the marketing slang that's been put across to us about what beer is. That it is this bland, piss-coloured, flavourless, vile, toxic, chemical shite that's poured into a glass and charged for excessively and that we're told is a way of life and if you have it, it'll be fun um, and that you can't enjoy things without it and it's only enjoyable uh, because, and you can only enjoy things because you have this product, uh, which is all bullshit. We, and, uh, unless we're grown-ups and put on our big boy pants, we actually know this. Uh, if you are a uh, passionate about brewing or you're passionate about homebrew, put up videos on YouTube and market as Irish content. There is tons of British content out there, tons of German content, loads of American content. I mean, the Americans in terms of the real beer revolution, and I use the phrase real beer. I had someone during the week turn around to me and go, Ian, I've heard you, I've heard you talk about real beer and craft beer. Aren't they the same thing? In one respect, yes, they're the same. In another respect, no, they are not the same. And let me give you a great example of that. I would consider, uh, and I'm going to use them as a local example because I'm from Kildare and they're from Kildare, Trouble Beer or Trouble Brewing. Um, Trouble Brewing, to me, are a real beer producer and also a craft beer producer. Sierra Nevada, which I have in front of me right now, hang on, swig a beer for the working man and woman. Uh, Sierra Nevada, for example, I would not consider them a craft beer producer at all. And the reason is the size of their brewery and the amount of beer that they create. They cease to be a craft beer producer, but they are a real beer producer. And that is the important and crucial difference. Um, and when I say real beer, I want to in include people like small micro and macro breweries in with the likes of the Sierra Nevadas the Samuel Adamses, uh, the Dogfish Heads, the Brew Dogs, the Williams Brothers types. Um, I want to include these guys all together because you know what? They are producing real beer. And when I say real beer, the, the ingredients are clear and they're on the side. These are people who want people to encourage the enjoyment of their products and want to talk about their products, the passion about what goes into their products, 
the discoveries that they've made, the experimental beers that they want to do, and they're not afraid to do experimental beers, and that these companies are also not afraid to be local beers where they are. If they grow to be something bigger than that, great, that's awesome. And that's the other important thing here. If you're local, if there is beers that are local to you, try them out. Support your local brewer. Talk about them, promote them. Maybe they, if you have a blog, talk about them. If you have a podcast or you've got a a Facebook page, a Twitter account. If you enjoy a local beer that's produced by someone like Trouble, uh, the other night I had a couple of their Or Golden Ales, and you know what? They were stunning, and I couldn't believe I only paid €3.60 for a pint of their beer. Um, you know what? They are probably the two best value pints I have ever had in my entire life at this point, where I go in and it's €3.60. I mean, that's not to say that the other week when I was in Brewdock and I paid €6.80 for a pint of punk, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it quite quite a lot. Uh, the fact that I was, uh, when I went to the bar the other night, it was in the uh, the county bar in Lucan. Uh, that's attached to the Spa Hotel. That's where the uh, the Rye River Brewers for the National Homebrew Club, they actually go and meet and hold uh, hold some of their events there. And they had one there earlier today that I wasn't able to get to, uh, unfortunately, and regrettably as well. Uh, I was really disappointed I didn't get to go to that, but uh, it was what it was. Head, uh, horseshit and hassles and that kind of deal. Um, but I couldn't believe when I walked up to the to the bar, like 10 euros in my hands, and I was ex- I was expecting to be charged, you know, about 5, 6 euros for the pint, and quite happy to pay for it. Again, supporting a local brewer, supporting uh, someone who's brewing in my own home county. Uh, And again, it's a craft beer. So when it was created, someone gave a shit. Someone was passionate about what went into that beer. And someone was concerned about the quality of that beer and that other people would enjoy it uh, for what it was and enjoy the fact that uh, someone's passion and hopefully not blood or sweat went into it. Um... And to hand over tenor and then to come back with a whole grip of change and be and found out it was only three euro sixty cents, uh, incredible. And you know what, uh, guys, you have an amazing product, and frankly, you undercharge for it. <laughs> That's being brutally honest. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain that I paid three euro sixty for the pint. It was beautiful, uh, and I look forward to many more of their pints. And guys, I look forward to coming out and meet with you as well. Um, but I think, you know what, I think that just about almost wraps it up for this podcast. And you know what, there are the last order sounds. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to hear from other people what they think about things like Neck Nominate. I'd love to hear your feedback. Hit me up on the Twitter at 11pm somewhere. Uh, again, you can check out the podcast at, uh, on iTunes now. I'm still working on getting it up into Stitcher Radio, so I hope it gets out wider. I want to thank everyone who's been following the podcast. Again, gotten some more kind words uh, coming in from people as well, and some great feedback been coming in as well, which has been great because it keeps spurring me on. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, in the next two weeks, I will bring the first of uh, an interviews I hope to do with some of the craft beer slash real beer producers in this country. Uh, so stay tuned. Anything which is coming up, I'm going to announce it on the Twitter. So until next time, say no to fizzy piss. <laughs>